Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome back to another episode here at A View from the Bullins. I am, of course, the Bobble, and joining me, Ben. It's been a while, mate. Where have you been? Oh, it's just been a bit frantic for me at the moment. Obviously, I haven't had time to get on these free ones. Danny, the tech guy, has been obviously hounding me in the background saying, when are you back? The listens are dropping. We need you back. And, and here I am, you see. <laughs> so what have you been up to? We haven't had you on for, well, it must be two or three weeks. We've had we've had some top guests on. We've had, obviously, former Everton player Michael Ball, the Liverpool Echo's very own Joe Thomas. I'm not going to lie, mate. You, you, you're going to have to do pretty well to, uh, to, to to bit better the guests that we've recently had. Yeah, you've been staying up and slacking, to be fair. So I <laughs> thought, you know what, I'll uh, I'll turn up. But you know what, this time of year, you know what I'm like. I've been pruning my garden, getting the weed and feed down, getting my dad round to help me with some hanging baskets. It's that time of year, you know me, always up to uh, <laughs> being shocked all the time, just getting you, the garden looking ready up for the summer. Survived. That's why you rocked up because we survived. Yeah, exactly. You know, if we went down, I'd probably be still missing now on holiday somewhere and just <laughs> shutting up shop. But no, we survived. I'm back. Let's see how we get on. How is your lawn looking before we move on? Well, if you'd ask Rob Winstanley, my dad, he'll say it looks unbelievable because he's been doing all the edging and that this week. You know, I'm a very good delegator, as you're well aware. <laughs> <laughs> right, so let's go back to, to last Sunday, Ben. You know, you haven't been on a podcast for... A week or two on the on the weekly catch up on Spotify and so on. We've had some time to reflect. I know it's you know we have released the post match podcast over on our Patreon channel. How are you feeling about it all now? Now you've had what four or five days to really, really sink it home, think about it. Relief turned to anger, I'm sure. However, how are you now feeling? Oh, it's a, it, it is the million dollar question. This one. You know, I've had the best sleeps I've had in the whole season over the past week. You know, since that game on Sunday, Sunday night on to obviously tomorrow being Friday, I've had the best sleeps ever. Um, but look, I'm angry. You know, you have time to reflect, and 
what this football club have put us through over the past two years is absolutely unacceptable. We've, we've all seen the videos of the old granddad, uh, I think, in the Liverpool Echo, you know, celebrating it almost in tears at the final whistle. And I just think that this board and the owner and even the players to some extent should be shown this video and look at the passion and the feelings and the emotion that you've put this fan base through over the past two years because, you know, it was hard not to break down on Sunday because just how sheer relief, like it was over, it was done. And suddenly, and how quickly it turned, it went to anger. Obviously, those who were lucky and fortunate to be at the game. It was 39,000 Evertonians singing Sack the Board. Now, there's been a few people saying, you know, it's only like a minority part of the fan base who are frustrated at the board, who are, you know, the, the, the loudest mouths of the smallest minority. Not on Sunday. You know, the whole stadium was, was up singing Sack the Board. And for me, that was a majority of the stadium. It was an overwhelming majority of the stadium. So relieved that I'm sleeping, but I'm angry. This, this football club has got a massive task now in the summer. It's monumental task. It's very rare that teams survive like being struck by lightning twice. Everton have. If it comes to a fair time, I really, really don't think we're going to have the, the credentials to get out of it again because, you know, from top to bottom, this football club needs a complete overhaul. The recruitment's been a disgrace for years. Kevin Farwell's got a massive job on his hands. Mm. Sean Dice as well. But no, it's just more relief and they've turned quickly into anger. Ben, you know, we speak off air, you know, you're very, obviously a very, very close friend and I'd love to get your thoughts on, you said you're angry and, and that, you know, it's, it's been a season yet again of huge disappointments. Who, who are you angry with? Is it one person? We had Alan Myers over on our Patreon channel recently. Alan Myers said that you couldn't point the finger or point the blame at one man. He said, I've worked in football. He worked, obviously, as a director at Blackburn Rovers. And he said, no one person is at fault at a football club when it fails. So you say you're angry. Who are you angry with? Is it a specific person? Who is it? I think it's, that probably is, again, another difficical question. Uh, you know, we must, the first issue heads towards the top of the food chain. That's Farhad Mashiri. He, it's his club. It's his business. He's got the power and the credentials to over, overturn and do whatever decision he wants. It's his business. He can sack the board of directors today, tonight, yesterday, tomorrow. It's his football club, and he can decide what he decides to do. We all know, Bobble, you've given us the exclusives. He rubs shoulders with the super agents, Keir Jarabshin, George mm -hmm. Mendes, to name a few. You know, the, these these agents are, are, are thriving on Everton because we just haven't had a, a clear strategy in place you go back to, obviously, 2016, I think it was, when Mashiri came in. You go and get Ronald Koeman from Southampton because you think he's doing a good job. You go and get Steve Walsh, a top scout from Leicester because he's he, he scouted Jamie Vardy and, and Golo Kante, to name a few. And it just simply wasn't good enough. There was no direction, no plan. So he's probably my number one target. But in his defence, you know, he is delivering a stadium, uh, a magnificent stadium, uh, down on the waterfront by our, our home, our studio. But it, it's not good enough because the past two years have honestly aged. You've had about 50, 60 years, yeah. full of grey hairs now. You know, it, it affects your home life, it affects your friends. I, I've left WhatsApp groups, you know, full of me red mates who I just couldn't deal with the banter anymore. It really, really does get to you. But I'm also angry at the board. The board of directors aren't taking us to the next level. And if it was you or I, Bobble, in the, in the private industry, we'd be relieved of our duties because ultimately you failed. We've got the fourth highest paid board in the Premier League. 
and we've now finished 16th and 17th, respectfully. How on earth you can take a wage after putting the fans through this is completely unacceptable. And, you know, you could say, you could argue the players take some responsibility. The players need to stand up. Yes, I get that argument. I understand they need to have some sort of collective argument because they should, even on the squad on paper, I don't think they're a bottom three team. I think, you know, probably mid-table, to be fair. However, the recruitment has been a, a, a complete disaster, whether it's been, you know, Bill Kenwright, Farad Mashiri, Marcel Brands, Kevin Felwell, you know, Denise Baddett-Baxendale, Graeme Sharp. All these individuals are having their input, and it's it's unacceptable. Let the professionals, like Kevin Farewell deal with the recruitment single-handedly. Mm. It's it, it's that simple. If you're going to run a business, allow the people brought in and their respectful professions to get the job done. So it's a collective. It pro- I probably do agree it's a collective. There are some individuals that need to step aside sooner rather than later. I think the likes of Bill, Bill Kenwright, you know, 28 years as a chairman, the most un- unsuccessful period of a chairman uh, of any era under Everton Football Club. I just think you need to just let go, let the club get a new direction. Just accept that it hasn't worked, it's failed, and move on ultimately. So, yeah, it is a collective blame, but there are a few individuals that stand high in the pecking order for me. I know you're angry, Bren, and I know you've got a few more grey hairs after this season, but that relief must have been nice when that final whistle went against Bournemouth on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, I was sat down a few rows away from you, and it was just a cheer. Like, I think you could see the Goodison Park. Everyone just felt relieved. It was kind of like a scream. wasn't there, yeah. It, it, it was quite eerie, to be honest, for those who weren't there. It was it was like everyone's like stress and anxiety left their bodies in like a shout and a scream. It genuinely felt that way. And then suddenly once that you know, that that horrible horribleness, that horrible trait inside of you has left your body, that's when it turns to anger towards like the club. Mm. I was relieved. I was also very drunk because, you know, I I, I was lucky enough to sit with a our sponsors a uh, on Sunday, I, I was absolutely smashed. I had three bottles of wine, Jaeger bombs. So you know the people know, around me. I know you were. The people around me were telling me to shut up after the game and sit down. I'm quite animated when I go to the games. They were like, "Come collecting, will you?" <laughs> <laughs> so are you happy the season's over, mate? It's all done. I know it's been a really, really tough season. We've gone up and down the country together, watching this football team, watching this football club, and uh, alongside you know producer Danny as well. It's been really, really tough. But are you happy it's all over and you're happy now that you've got a few, you know, let's be fair, right, over 70 days off? Yeah, well, it's probably going to be 14 days before the fixtures announced and the pre-season. It, you know, the fun never stops. We've got the transfer window, our busiest period. Don't, don't remind me. <laughs> the phones are non-stop. You've already put <laughs> Do Not Disturb on tonight to go to your local yeah. pub quiz, which I never <laughs> thought I'd see the day. But do you know what? I did we pretty well. Up. Go on. I did pretty well on the quiz, actually. No, my no chance. But but, <laughs> but it, you know, this season as as bad as it's been, you know, we survived. But we've had we've had some great times together. You know, we've, we've been yeah. rubbish at home, but I, I ultimately missed the Brighton away game, probably the the highlight of the season. Yeah, did go to the Southampton game, which was brilliant to see. We've had some great great late goals again, haven't we? You know, the Michael Keane against Tottenham Hotspur, yeah. Ellis Sims v Chelsea, um, I think Demari Gray against Nottingham Forest. We have had some. As Bill Kenwright would say, good times, but it's just not—it's just not acceptable. It really, really isn't. That you know, I didn't think we'd be in this position again. Ultimately, we've had a worse, a worse season than last. Glad to see the back of it. Fingers crossed for the future. 
Absolutely. I fully, fully agree with you, mate. So moving on, obviously a big story breaking this week was Connor Cody, or as, as producer Danny has been saying all day, Gonna Cody. We'll leave that with him. <laughs> Everton obviously opted not to sign him for $4.5 million from Wolves. What, what, what are your feelings about that then, Ben? It's kind of divided opinion online especially. I think the the valuation of, of, of 4.5 million has made Evertonians feel like it was almost too good of an offer to turn down. What do you think about it? <sighs> it? It's difficult, isn't it? It really, really is difficult. I think there's pros and cons to both sides of the arguments. I was initially thinking, you know what, snap him up, get him tied down. He's a leader, he'll be missed. But... Can you really be paying four and a half million, 65, 70 grand for a 31-year-old centre-back who's ultimately probably going to be third or fourth choice? It's hard to justify it. I went away, I've been away this, what, today, and I had a look at his stats in a bit more in-depth. And if you actually take away the person, you know, the, the captain, the captain traits that he's got, the shouts the loudest, you can always hear him. In such a poor Everton team, you know, we've, we're not very much possession-based. We haven't had the ball for quite a, a large part of the season. Conceded, I think we're up there with the highest XGA against. I think Southampton were worst. We were second worst. His defensive traits and stats are really appalling. And ultimately, he's there to be a centre-half. If Sean Dice wants to play a back two next season, then Connor Cody isn't there. Funds are tight. You could arguably say that all that four and a half million might have to be paid up front to Wolves. That might have been part of the contract. And Sean Dice has gone, no, I need that in other areas because regardless of what you think, and, and, I, and I don't think the likes of, you know, Holgate, Keane, Godfrey are up to standard, but it's actually a position, even with Yannimine and Connor Cody going, that we are quite flush. James Tarkovsky, uh, Mason Holgate, Ben Godfrey, uh, Michael Keane, you know, I want to see two of them at, at least go. We've got Jared, Brand, Jared Brantway coming back, yeah, from PSV after uh, after an exceptional loan. So, so there's five players. If you get Connor Cody, that's six. It's difficult. It's it's a pros and a cons against. I, I do understand both sides of the arguments, and no one's right in, in this argument. It could either go either way. But uh, what are your thoughts on it? Because I know you're quite a big advocate of Connor, aren't you? I think in a back three, you're going to play three centre-halves. I think Connor Cody's very good. He's very good down the middle. Um, and he's obviously, his profile is a lot different to your typical centre-half because Connor Cody is a very good footballer and he's got a very good brain. He's very clever. He reads the game very well. So where he is maybe not as, as physically dominating in the air or on the, or on the ground like a James Tarkovsky, his brain is very, very good. He does read the game. And like I say, I think that can sometimes really get him out of trouble. Um, but I do agree with you. I think I think the issue is Sean Deutsch wants to play a back four, a flat back four. And next season, his remit and what he wants to do, he doesn't want to have to deviate from a back four. So if Everton suffer injuries or suspensions, he doesn't want to have to change his system. That's the thought process going into this summer. So if, if you're going in with that mindset, and you've got James Tarkowski is as it stands as your number one centre half, and you've got Jared Branthwaite coming back, and the club are very keen to integrate him into the first team. Him coming back as let's just say your number three centre half. Well, Connor Cody's not going to be your number two because he's not typically a, a centre half in a back four. And Sean Dyche has made that very abundantly clear that he doesn't see Connor Cody as one of his main two centre halves. So that means if you went and signed a second centre half, which 
looks odds on. You then got Jared Branthwaite as number three. Well, that may lead then Connor Cody as what, number four centre half. And for 4.5 million, you think, well, a fourth choice, that's okay. But I think what people are forgetting is the wages. He's not a fourth choice uh, centre half in terms of wages. His wages are more of a number one or number two centre half. And I think that's where value for money, okay, the transfer fee is pretty good. You don't need to worry about a salon fee because he'd probably still give you three good seasons at 4.5 million. That's fine. But then his wages don't represent value for money in terms of how often he's going to be on the pitch. And that's what Sean Dyche feels. That's how he felt. Sean Dyche made the decision. It's, it's his choice. And he opted to to not pull the trigger and, and wants to look at things elsewhere and see how the window transpires. I think ultimately, Ben, it's very easy for us to come on this podcast or, or on a view from the Bullens patron and, and maybe say, well, he should have done this, he should have done that. They have a plan. And at the end of the window, I think then you can then assess it better. I think, obviously, if we didn't sign a centre-half from now to the, to the close of play in August, we'd all look back and think, well, for four and a half million, we should have we should have pulled the trigger and taken him because at least it's a body, it's a fairly decent centre-half, a good egg, like a good person, and he's, ultimate, he's the ultimate professional. However, if we go sign a very, very good centre-half by the time the window closes, you then think, well, yeah, maybe it was the right decision because Connor would maybe number f- would maybe be the number fourth choice. Well, like I've previously said, his wages don't represent a fourth choice centre half. So, I think it's going to be maybe a little bit wait and see with this one. I think let's just assess it once we're further down the line. But ultimately, Sean Dyche and Kevin Thurwell, they've got a plan. They had a plan if Everton got relegated, and they also had a plan if Everton stayed up. We've stayed up. And the plan has begun. So I think you just have to place your faith in them and and see where it takes us, Ben. That's my personal opinion. But moving on, Ruben Venegra, he's also gone back to sporting Lisbon. He didn't really play much in a in a blue shirt. So, you know, the less said about him, probably the better. So we'll move on from Ruben Venegra. He's returned to Sporting Lisbon after his loan spell has expired. But Yerry Mina, Yerry Mina played his last game, Ben, against Bournemouth in a flat back three with wing backs. I thought he was excellent. I thought he was very good. Are you disappointed to see Yerry Mina leave the football club? I am. And I just think if he could have remained fit like he has done in the running with Everton, he'd be playing at a top six club. He's that good. The problem is he's as fragile as a packet of crisps. You know, one injury, these South Americans don't like to play. They'll go down. They won't play through the pain. Have to be 110% fit. But do you know what? Yeah, we mean it got confronted by angry fans. I think it was November or December. It was yeah. after the Brighton game. And he said, I love this club. We'll get out. I will get you out this mess. And the big man, he stood up. You know, he fronted the fans. He fronted the challenge ahead. And he got the job done. I, I wish him all the best. I just wish he could have maintained fitness for a full 38-game season. I think he only played 99 times for Everton in five years. And mm. that's... That's less than I think, 19 or 20 games a season. You can't be missing half a season no, every single season. That. As a centre-half, that's one of your most you know solid partnerships. James Tarkovsky played every minute. The only outfield player in the Premier League to carry out every minute in the Premier League. And then Yerry Mina is playing 19 times a season. You can't create a partnership when you're not playing regular football. So... As much as I'm gutted to see him going, someone is going to genuinely get a really good sign and if they can keep him fit and wrap him in cotton wool. But you know what? He stood up to the challenge. 
He worked hard, and I thought he was absolutely colossal in the running forever. And one of the main reasons we stayed up alongside Takori. Mm. Isn't it mad? Isn't it mad, Ben? If you looked at Yerry Mina and the profile of that centre half in Yerry Mina, that's the sort of profile that Sean Deutsch wants. They're the sort of defenders that he wants at the football club. Big, tough centre-halves who really get into the head of strikers. They go for first contact. They win their headers. They win their battles. That's what he wants. And ultimately, like you previously said, if Yerry Mina was a was a, a fit guy in terms of, you know, was always on the pitch and maybe his wages weren't so high, that's the sort of, again, quality of player and profile that that Sean Dyche is aiming for with his centre-half. We saw it at Burnley with James Tarkovsky and Ben Mee. Now, I'm not saying Ben Mee is, is as good as Yerry Mina, but it's that profile of centre-half that Sean Dyche likes to have uh, in, in his squad. So, very, very interesting. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Babble, looking forward. Um, obviously, what's going to happen then with the club? It's an absolute, I don't even want to swear, but it's in a bad state of affairs. What do you reckon is going to happen going forward? Well, right now, obviously, the season's over. So the players will, of course, go on holiday. They've immediately gone on holiday. They've, they've broke up. Um, so that's good. I think a lot of players need, need a rest. So on the pitch, it, it all goes to plan. It runs like clockwork. The players will keep fit over the summer, Ben. Uh, they'll have their own personal programmes from the football club. Uh, so they can relax, but they also can't relax too much. You know, football changes every year and it gets more professional. So after a couple of weeks, they'll start on their own personal programmes. And then they'll obviously return to Finch Farm in, in decent nick, make sure that they hit a certain weight. They get weighed before they leave for their summer and then they get weighed immediately on their return. So things like that, that, that currently, again, runs like clockwork on the pitch. Um, but it, work doesn't stop. Sean Deutsch and, and Dan Purdy, the head of recruitment at Everton, and Kevin Thelwell, this is where they have to come to life. This is where they have to you know, work around the clock. Their phones won't be stopping because obviously Everton have got a huge rebuild on our hands this summer and, it, 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 and it's such a short summer this year due to the, the World Cup that has gone. You know, in, in the space of four or five weeks, players are coming back through the door for pre-season and sooner players come through the door, the better. I mean, you can, that means you can obviously have then a pre-season with the new recruits. So it's a busy, busy time off the pitch. And obviously, there's obviously a lot of talk at the moment in terms of what's going to happen at boardroom level with the current board, Fahd Mishiri. There's obviously at this present time a couple of different permutations that could happen. Um but it's a busy period for this football club. It's a huge period, if I'm honest. You almost feel like we're at a crossroads now. Last season, 
Everton stayed up with one game to go, obviously beating Crystal Palace. And we felt like we can't go through this again. They rolled the dice in reality. They did. They got away with it again due to Leeds just being a really, really poor team. Southampton being an, uh, an awful team. And Leicester, in reality, being as run as bad as Everton. That's why they went down, Leicester. Because they were just a, such a poor run club the way we are. But they won't get away with it again. And I think now the pennies dropped. Internally, the pennies dropped. And now we're at a crossroads. And like I previously said, there's a few different permutations that can happen at boardroom level. Um, you'd like to think any permutation is better than what we currently have. Obviously, the grass isn't always greener, as you see at some football clubs. You only have to look at Leeds United and their current chairman and owner who you know, had, had sanctioned a loan against Ellen Road to try and buy Sampdoria in Italy, which again, you know, it just goes to show how mad and, and crazy uh, owners and, and chairmen's behaviour can affect the club's fans. It's, it's bizarre that you're allowed to do these sort of things. But anyway, that's for another another, another day, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, it's a busy period, Ben. And I think over the next couple of weeks, we may see probably the biggest change at Everton we have for a number of years. Um, but yeah, it's a massive period this summer. Absolutely massive on and off the pitch. The main thing is Kevin Thalwell and Sean Deitch and Dan Purdy, they've got to keep their head in the game. Uh, you know, I spoke on on the, the Patreon channel, Ben. I've done a few articles. They need to keep their head in the game and ignore the noise. There's obviously a lot of conjecture around Everton at the moment. The fans obviously want change. The media are, are hovering around. The vultures are technically circling around the football club. They have to just keep their head in the game and focus on what they can do to improve things on the pitch for next season. And I believe they are. Like I previously said, they had plans if Everton were going to get relegated and they also had plans if Everton stayed up. We've stayed up. The plan has begun. The first plan was obviously Conor Cody and Ruben Venegra being sent back. Yeri Mina's contract's finished. They, they obviously told him that he wouldn't be getting kept on. So it, it's begun. Um, but it's like you've previously said earlier in this podcast, Ben, it's such a huge rebuild. This isn't going to be solved in one night, one window. This may take a number of years. Um, but the main thing is those three try and work their magic on the pitch and let's hope off the pitch in the boardroom it takes care of itself as quickly as possible and as professional as possible. Let's not drag it out, get the best possible deal that certain people want at the football club, Ben, and let's move on, let's start kicking on because it's gone on for too long. And like I previously said, we cannot go another season like we have done for the previous two years because the trap door is looming and eventually you will fall through it. We've scraped by the skin of our teeth again. And if we go again next season, it, it, you will fall through the trap door. No club is too big or too good to go down. No, I, I completely agree. And I think it's a massive task now ahead for obviously Dan Purdy, Kevin Farewell. Yeah. Sean Dice is, is getting the recruitment done. You know, it, it's going to be a long drafted summer. It really, really is. It. I wish I could come on this podcast with yourself and say, you know, there's millions and millions and millions <laughs> of pounds to spend. It's going to be horrendous. You're negotiating with pennies. It's a difficult window, and obviously due to the short the short time frame now for football clubs, due to obviously the World Cup that has passed, it, it's it's difficult. Um, but they, they know what they were going in for, and that, I think that's the most important thing. These these three knew what they were heading into if Everton stayed up, so they had a fair idea of what we would be looking at. Um, you know, we spoke over on our Patreon channel, Ben, in terms of how many they'd probably like, how many they're looking at, uh, in terms of number wise coming through the door. But it's going to be difficult. But again, 
you've just got to place your faith in Sean Deutsch and Kevin Thower. Sean Deutsch is used to working on a budget. We have to remember that. You know, at Burnley, they didn't have vast amounts of money. They arguably had a lot work, a lot less than Everton, and their wage bill was so structured and restricted that Sean Deutsch found it difficult at times at Burnley, but he still got a tune out of a out of a set of players and he kept them in the top flight of football for many years. So he's used to working on a budget. And Kevin Thurwell, again, he's worked at places like Wolves. And that was obviously before Hugh Mendes moved into Wolves and started throwing players around. So he's used to working on a bit of a tighter budget. Everton's wage structure is a little bit better than Wolves and Burnley. Not as good as it was, but it's still better than theirs. So there is room for manoeuvre. There is. But this market is volatile at the moment. It's a very difficult transfer market. And again, as always, in every window, you have to wait for, not the big boys, but you have to wait for those certain dominoes to fall. And then you can then strike. But you have to be ready to pounce. Um, and in previous windows, we haven't been. We've been lacklustre. And we've waited it out, waited it out. And we've missed the boat on players, as you, as you well know, Ben. So I think it's important that Everton, when we are ready to strike, get your ducks in order, and then when the dominoes do start to fall, we get ready to take ours out and execute the plan and bring you know adequate players in. That's what they're aiming to do. And at the moment, you've just got to keep your faith. You just have to keep the faith in those three. Yeah, uh, and just off topic now, uh, for all the listeners that tune in to us all over the globe, we need to now figure out what on earth we're going to do in the off-season on the weekly catch-up. If anyone has any suggestions at all, get in touch with our Twitter, Instagram, email, or even send us a postcard for the attention of the bobble hat, and we'll be able to uh, to be able to try and get something. If, if it's a mailbag, if it's questions, if it's a Q and A, if you want special guests, please, please, please let us know. On Saturday morning, we are going to be releasing our Goodison Park special week we created at the end of last year on our Patreon. It will be over on our YouTube channel, so give us a subscribe, as always. Link below to that on our social media channels. In the meantime, all the best. Everton is safe. Sean Dyche has worked an absolute miracle, even though the Bob doesn't, doesn't agree with me on that one, but that is for another podcast. No, wow. <laughs> Very well. He's done well. <laughs> anyway, up the toffees. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the sun. Up the toffees.